Pastor Annie again, she works for the state and and uh, sometimes I feel like she thinks if she just if she's not working for the state that somehow or another the whole state is gonna collapse. I found out the state ain't gonna collapse without her. In fact, it's gonna go ahead and just keep going on without her. And when she's done, it's just gonna go on without her. Um, but you know, we have that mentality sometimes when it comes to the kingdom, like that the kingdom stops when we, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like somehow or another, our disagreement with God or, or others, <laughs> that's the other thing too. We look at, we be looking at people and we're, we get upset with people. We believe God's upset with them as, as much as we are. And, uh, you know, God, uh, I'll be honest with you. He loves all of us. Oh, yeah. We're going to find out he wasn't, he wasn't doing all that. Anyhow, <clears throat> praise the Lord. But anyway, let's pray and let's, uh, Let's get started here. Tyler, why don't you lead us in prayer? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God. All right. You know, Sunday, we, you know, we talked about... Um, we talked a little bit more concerning supernatural increase, and uh, not intentionally. We didn't, and I didn't intentionally take up our entire time on Sunday uh, with that. But I really believe that the Holy Spirit was working with us and helping us, and um, and so uh, grateful for all that um, all that the Lord was saying and doing here on Sunday. So I want to give you all an opportunity if you have any questions uh, regarding what we talked about on. Sunday and Sunday we were talking. How many of you remember what the uh, what the uh, um, are y'all still uh, still rolling it around in your spirit? What we talked about, you know, I really sensed in my heart before I even uh, came out that um, came out of my office that the Lord was desiring to deliver people. And deliverance, you know, comes a lot of different ways, um, but I really felt like that there were those that were being. Um, attacked by the enemy. You know what? Go to the book of uh, go to the book of Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter ten. Second <clears throat> Corinthians, chapter ten. How many of y'all would like to be free from the influence of the devil? Amen. Amen. Well, you know, the Bible gives us provision to not fall under the influence of Satan or demon spirits. And um, <clears throat> when, when <laughs> honestly, when you look at it, it's not really very, it's not difficult, it's not uh, um, cryptic, you know what the Bible tells us. You don't have to learn a special code or some kind of special way. Uh, Really, the Bible tells us how to uh, defend ourselves against the uh, the the uh, the, uh, the ploys of the enemy, and so um, all of which, you know, what most when we look at this, look at me for a second, y'all. All of which have very little to do with 
warring with evil spirits. You know, there, there is a spiritual battle. Don't get me wrong. There's a, there's a, you, the, the, the enemy is, he's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And there is a battle to take, but we get the wrong idea about spiritual warfare. And we think about warfare in the natural. So we think about what, you know, weaponry and, and uh, some of us who are military or we've been in the military or we think on a, you know, in a military way, we think of, we think of warfare as being, you know, that, but you have to understand something. Jesus already defeated Satan. The devil has already been defeated, according to Scripture. And so I know some of you say, well, yeah, but where, where, why am I fighting this battle then? Exactly. So you have to, you know, when you're binding the devil, which how many of you, how many of you, when the enemy has tried to come and attack you, or you feel like you've had an attack come on, you have bound the devil, you have pled the blood of Jesus, you have used the name of Jesus. How many of you believe that there's authority and power in the name of Jesus? Oh, yeah. But some of us, we use that name and we go through all those motions and then it doesn't seem like it's of any effect. We continue to struggle. We continue to battle. We continue to have difficulties. In fact, some of us, we go through, we go through that whole process over and over and over again, nearly every day, seemingly to no avail. How many of you um, bear witness to what I'm saying? All right. So have you ever wondered about that? Wondered why isn't this working? We never, we never consider that it's not that the devil ain't listening. Um, <clears throat> this one ain't as bouncy as my other. Maybe, no, that's it. <clears throat> I'm still not light, Lewis. I still lose a few pounds. Pray for me. <laughs> I'm a, I'm, I've plateaued. And so, uh, my, I'm, but I'm, wor I'm, try I'm working. Amen. Thank God. Anyway. So uh, I, th I think sometimes we have these unrealistic, this unrealistic thing. I think it's been created a lot by, oh, man, don't, some of y'all go get mad at me, but some deliverance ministries, now don't, I'm not, I'm not shooting every, everybody, anything down. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not putting everybody in the same basket. I have sat under people who had powerful Deliverance ministry. I will tell you this: in the last days, in the days that are coming, there's going to be a resurgence in deliverance ministry. In fact, that'll be one of the things that we'll see the Lord do big time in the last days: is use people to get people delivered from evil spirits. There will be deli deliverance ministry will come to the forefront in these last days, and um, and so I'm not saying there's not a time for that, but I think sometimes we've 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 got people. We've gotten people thinking along those lines, uh, and um, that's not necessarily where we as believers are at when it comes to uh, dealing with evil spirits. But anyway, so first, Second Corinthians chapter ten says this. He says uh, in verse one, Paul, I Paul myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I who am humble when face to face with you, but bold. Toward you when I'm away, I beg of you that when I am present, I may not have to show boldness with such confidence as I count on showing against some who suspect us of walking according to the flesh. So verse 3 is where we, where we really want to get. Y'all have, have heard this before. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the, or we are not waging war according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, 
We are not waging war according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the... So you know what? A spiritual battle isn't won because of the energy that you exert. The, a spiritual battle isn't dependent on victory based on the energy that you exert. Does that make sense? <clears throat> in other words, I know that in the natural, if you're going to win a boxing match, you're going to have to train. You're going to have to condition. You're going to have to get strong, all these things. And you're going to have to exert some, some energy or some force in the natural to win that, in, to win that battle. But the spiritual battle isn't won because of the amount of, of natural energy exerted. That's not, that's, that's not how you win. You can, uh, I, I've, I've, I've gone to churches where one, I was in one church, and we were in the middle of praise and worship, and the person who was leading worship said, let's go to battle. And I thought, I thought that was unusual in the middle of worship. I mean, if we're praising God, if we're worshiping God, why is our mind on the battle? You know, that's, that's what I thought. I thought, why are you thinking about waging war if your mind is on Jesus? When I, my mind is on Jesus, I'm not thinking about waging war unless the Spirit of God quickens it in my heart. You know, I don't know if y'all, did, did any of y'all pray with me this morning on, on Facebook Live? All right, some of you probably watched the video. Maybe some of you tuned in at least for a, for a minute. <clears throat> but you know, when I, get, when I get on there and I pray, and um, I don't pray, I don't go on there and pray and think, I don't, I don't have, now I'm not saying this is wrong, but I don't have an outline when I get on there. I mean, I literally, if, if, especially if I stayed up super late, I'm literally rolling out of bed, wiping the sleep out of my eyes, brushing my teeth, and sitting down, making sure I don't look too shabby, which is hard to do. And uh, I'm just like, go live. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I mean, it, it happens that quick. And I'm on there, and so... What I'm doing is I'm taking the temperature of the Spirit to see what the Spirit, how He want, how the Lord wants me to pray, what direction He's going to lead me. Many times I pray in, in the very same direction, uh, you know, uh, time after time after time. And it's not purposeful. It's not that that's all I know to pray about. It's that that's the, that's the direction that I sense the Lord leading me in, in prayer. And so when it, but you know that where that comes from, that doesn't come from uh, a, a, out of a force of habit. It doesn't come from creating an outline or thinking, well, you know, I've got to have all my ducks in a row. That comes from getting my focus on the Lord Jesus and being determined to follow the leading of the Spirit. And so when, when I go into worship, I'm not going into worship thinking we're going to do spiritual battle or have spiritual warfare or, you know, or, or that... Um, I don't have it in my mind of where, where uh, uh, that worship is going to lead us. You know, you know, I, 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 I know Nikki knows what I'm talking about. We get up here and we get up here and we worship God. And if in the middle of it, God says, you're about to, you're about to break something, you're about to break, like, like Sunday. Man, I got up, the Lord said Sunday that he was going to, it was his desire to deliver people. Man, there was such freedom in this house on Sunday because God was looking to deliver people. Amen. Now, now, some people, you say, you know, God's about to deliver people. They, they go to breaking out their deliverance manual. No, people aren't going to get delivered because you broke out a deliverance manual. They're going to get delivered because you followed the Holy Ghost to freedom. Amen. But anyway, I was up and they said, let's go to battle. 
And um, they, th that was the thing, was it was so choreographed, they were ready. They had these sticks up at the front of the church. I didn't know what they were. I saw them sitting there. I didn't know what it was, but it was these sticks. All the whole church cleared out of their chairs and grabbed these sticks and started whacking these sticks together in unison. Whack, whack, whack. And I guess it was their warring sticks or something. It was, it was wild. I mean, but they were, I mean, they were, it was like a bunch of Samoans doing, you know, that, hey, you know, you know, they were, I mean, they were just, they, they were clicking on them things. And someone handed me a couple of them. I'm like, that's all right, Alan. I don't need all of that, you know, you know what I'm saying? Now, I mean, if, if, if in my spirit I thought, you know, this is something that was uh, productive or fruitful, but just because we're walking at, in the flesh or we're living in this natural realm, we don't battle according to this natural realm. Are y'all hearing this? For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but have divine power to destroy stronger. So you've got weapons that have divine power to destroy strongholds. That's a fact. That's not a hope. That's not a I wish. That's a, that's, that is a fact established by Scripture. We destroy arguments, And every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And take every thought captive to obey Christ. Do you know where spiritual warfare always starts? It always starts with warring against the carnality of your mind. Battling, you know, you know where the battle starts? The battle starts with you destroying arguments and lofty opinions that are raised against the knowledge of God. You know what that means? That means you're going to have to turn your focus inward into your own thoughts and in your own mind and take inventory of what you're allowing to go through your mind. Amen. What it is that you're allowing to occupy that space between your ears. You're, you're going to have to be careful that not everything that you think comes out of your mouth. And again, I'm not saying just bad words or uh, bad attitudes or whatever. Sometimes we let stuff come out of our mouth that puts us in the position of being what God wants to be in our lives. I'll give you an example. <laughs> I was I was in Antlers, Oklahoma, and I was I had been praying before I went to Antlers, and um, and the Lord, uh, I was like, Lord, I sure would like to have a boat. Man, I wish I had a boat. That'd be nice to have. A boat. I'd never owned a boat, but I was like, well, I wish I had a boat. And the Lord was like, Yeah, He said. This is how the Lord said to me. He said, you keep that up. He said, my word says, whatever things you wish for when you pray, wish that you had them and you can receive them. I was like, well, Lord, that's not what your word says. He said, that's right. He said, I said in my word, what things soever you desire when you pray, if you believe you receive them, you can have them. 
I was like, Lord, are you telling me that if I believe and uh, that I can receive a boat, I'll have a boat? He said, boy, if you'll ask me for one, I'll give you one. I said, Lord, I'll, I'd like to have a boat. And then, he, then pictures started going through my, minds of different, in my mind of different boats. And I was like, maybe I ought to be more specific. So I said, I'd like to have a 17-foot fiberglass bass boat and uh, with, 100, 100 and a, with at least a 125-horsepower engine and a fish finder and a uh, trolling motor up front. I want it to have sparkles in it, like the ones I see them, them fishermen on TV there. I want it to have sparkles in it, you know? And that's, Lord, that's what I desired. So I said, Lord, I, I just believe that I received that in the name of Jesus. So we went off to Antlers, and after service, this man comes up to Pastor Ben, and he's got, I see he's got an Oklahoma title in his hand, so I'm wondering what he's doing with that title. And I, I'm, I happen to be talking to someone over there, and I'm thinking he's going to have Pastor Ben pray for something to be paid off or something. And he, he goes up to Pastor Ben, and I hear him say, Pastor Ben, have you been believing God for a boat? Because I really feel like the Lord wants me to sow this boat. He said, I have this boat. And he said, I just feel like God wants me to give it. And Pastor Ben was like, well, you know, I hadn't been asking the Lord for no boat. He says, I'm, I'm not really have, I don't really have any use for a boat. And Pastor Ben looked over at me. He said, Brother Ziggy, he said, um, you wouldn't happen to be praying for a boat, would you? I said, well, it depends. I said, is it a bass boat? And he said, yes, sir. I said, is it sparkly all over? He said, yes, sir. I said, is it, is it a 17-footer? He said, yes, it is. I said, does it have at least a 125-horsepower engine on it? He said, as a matter of fact, it has a 125-horsepower engine on it. I said, trolling motor? He said, yes, sir. I said, fish finder? Yes, sir. I said, yep, that's the one I've been praying for. I said, I've been believing God for a boat like that. And uh, I said, I, I mean... He said, well, he said, Brother Ziggy, he said, I just want to sow this, I just want to sow this boat and give this boat. I just feel like the Lord wanted me to give it. And uh, he said, I thought maybe it's for Pastor Ben, but, you know, maybe, maybe it's for you. Now, here's the, here's the thing. You know, you know what's, what, you know what your carnal nature will do if you're involved and around a conversation where maybe a boat is being given away? You know what your carnal man says? I, I'll take it. I'll take that boat. Go ahead now. See, when, when, listen, whenever, whenever, that, whenever that man said, um, Brother Ziggy, are you believing God for a boat? I wasn't even going to, I didn't say yes. I had to figure out whether it met the criteria that I had prayed about. I wasn't about to tell him yes if it didn't meet the criteria. Boy, are you, I'm, I'm preaching right now. See, but that, we don't, we, don't ever, we don't ever put two and two together and realize that that's casting down imagination. And every lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of that, that's what this scripture is talking about. Getting control of your flesh. Getting control of the natural man. See, your natural man is selfish. 
You're, all your natural man wants to do, and for the most part, I know, you know, Ted, Brother Ted, I've known Ted for a long time, 30, uh, 36 years at least, maybe 37. And um, where's that thing at? All right, uh, 37. And, you know, Brother Ted and I, when I met Ted, Ted was not a generous, <laughs> Ted was not a generous person. Ted is one of the most generous people nowadays that I know. But back in the day, Ted would squeeze a dollar and make four quarters. You understand? He was tight-fisted with money. Uh, he, uh, he's, he'd, he'd buy a bag of Skittles, and he'd squeeze it so hard a rainbow would pop out. You know what I'm saying? And uh, <laughs> it's like, taste the rainbow, you know? Uh, he'd make... <laughs> anyway, you get the picture. Ted was a skin flint. He was tight. He was like a miser. He was chintzy. He didn't want to spend money on nothing. He didn't want to buy nothing. He didn't want to give no money away. And so when I met Ted, that was his nature. He was very, very much um, thinking about self and in, in, in that carnal realm when it came to finance. But as he got off in the spirit, it went against, you know, the, the spirit will, will lead you sometimes in a way that goes against your, your, uh, your natural tendencies. <laughs> Praise God. And, and sometimes, you know, we, we think that, um, that anything that comes down the pike that may benefit us, that we ought to take it. Well, praise the Lord. I thought, I, I, have to, I have to remember it's Wednesday. And, and we're, we're, we're more in that uh, uh, chill mode. <laughs> so before, before we can ever battle the devil, we first have to get control of ourselves and our carnal nature. Because you know what? If we, if we try to go into battle with the enemy, and we're still giving ourselves over to our natural mindsets and our natural thoughts, you know what's going to happen? We're going to get our brains scrambled. You know why? Because you're selfish. And you, you want to get your way. And the, the greatest obstacle you're going to have to overcome is selfishness. Doing things your way. When it comes to ministry... Do you, know, do you know how many times God has sent me places I didn't want to go? In the wintertime for years, God has sent me to Michigan, Ohio, Indiana. I know good and well that there are churches in Florida, Hawaii, the Caribbean, Trinidad. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> There, I know there are plenty of warm places God could send me to speak his word to people in warm places. You know what? I know preachers that they plan their calendar not according to the spirit, but according to the weather. Are y'all hearing me today? <clears throat> you know, Sheree and I, we, uh, when we're working, when we're working, uh, when we're working along with the spirit to schedule meetings and to connect with pastors. Uh, sometimes we have pastors that aren't, they're not open to working with us. Heck, we had a pastor that said he wanted us to come just to, to last month or so, to a couple months ago. And he's like, yes, we want to have you. They, they were all gung-ho. And then he ghosted us for the last two weeks and we're supposed to be there Saturday. So it's like, 
you know, it's, it's weird. And in the natural, here's what you, in the natural, here's what you want to do. You know what? I go put up with this nonsense. I do that right. In the natural, I do that regularly. You know what? I'm done with that. But then when you get over in the spirit, the spirit's like, yeah, but I need you over there. And so the spirit be leading in ways that we don't necessarily want to go. Do you know the spirit will lead you in a way that won't benefit you? In the natural? He'll lead you to places where you're going to have. Y'all heard, heard me give the testimony, right? Of the, and I'm going to let you ask questions in a second. Y'all heard me give the testimony of when I went to that church in, in Archibald, Ohio. It was a Spanish church. There was 350, 400 people in that meeting every night. And I was there for an entire week, for six days, starting on Sunday morning. We had seven services in six days. Every day and every night, the pastor received offerings in those meetings. And uh, when he received offerings in those meetings, you know, we, we, I was under the assumption that the offerings that were received in those meetings would go to our ministry because I was doing the ministry. I had, I had spent every dime that I had and every dime that Ted had to get to the meeting, just to get to Ohio. I was a teenager. And, um, so Ted, I remember Ted put, um, some of it on his credit card and I didn't, I didn't have very much. So mostly it was Ted, but Ted, Ted didn't even have the money. He put it on a credit card to get me to Ohio to do this meeting. And I remember him asking me, how are you going to get home? Well, I'm, believe God with me that whatever comes in the offering will be enough to get me home. Oh, yeah. So I went out there. I went to that church and uh, uh, they received offerings every night. And it wasn't until that last night that the pastor said, tonight we're going to receive an offering for Brother Ziggy and his ministry. Now, now here's the deal. See, some, some people look at us now that we're walking in divine, uh, uh, in divine provision in that place of supernatural increase, and they're like, you don't know what I'm going through. No, you don't, you don't know what I've been through. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Sleeping on church benches because churches didn't put us up in, in a room. Involuntary fasts every other day because you couldn't afford to eat every day and have one meal every other day. And see, I was in that mode then. Um, I, I was staying. I was staying with. Um, I was staying with Pastor and Mrs. T. They lived clear in another town, and I had to depend on them to get me forty minutes from where I was staying to the services every night. And they were willing to do that. But I, I stayed on the floor. I slept on the. When you're Hispanic, you go sleep on the floor. Did black people do that, sleep on the floor when they go to visit family? Yeah, you make pallets. And white people do that too. Uh, Native Americans do that. Native Americans do that. I think everybody does that. Everybody, I think everybody does that. If you got a big family, you're going to be sleeping on the floor. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, the, what, they, what you see on TV, stay in the guest bedroom. Wasn't no guest bedroom at our place. We, we could, we, wasn't, no, wasn't no second bathroom neither. <laughs> If you didn't get up early, you was taking a cold shower. But anyway, so I'm sleeping on the floor at Pastor and Mrs. T's house. They're taking me to church. Last night of that service, Pastor gets up and he says, we're going to take an offering for brother. I was like, thank God. Thank God. I was, I was, I was uncertain we were even going to get an offering. Well, they y'all heard me tell it. They passed the offering plates from the back to the front. 
they had these big old Kentucky Fried Chicken looking buckets. There's 450 people there. When those offering buckets got to the front, they passed it by me. That thing was good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running. I'm telling you, man, I was like, thank you, Lord. I'm going to get to eat tomorrow, and I'm going to get to find me a way home. And thank you, Lord, for supernatural increase. Well, that service gets over with. And at the end of that service, I walk up to this pastor, and he's like, Brother Ziggy, thank you for coming. Of course, he's telling me this in Spanish, the Spanish church. Thank you for coming. He said, uh, we sure would have loved to give you more. He said, it just didn't come in. And so, you know, here, and he gave me a check. First time I ever looked at a check that a pastor gave me when he was standing right there. I opened up that check. It was a check for $35. It's a check for $35. Now, listen. Just because... What did that verse of Scripture say? Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Do you know that my flesh wanted to throat punch that pastor? Did you know my flesh wanted to cry out in that foyer? There's a call 911. I'm being robbed. Because that's the flesh. But you know what? I don't rely on the flesh. You know, this whole idea that we have a right <clears throat> to call people out. What about God calling you out? How would you like that? God don't call you out every time you're stupid. Thank God. Now, will, will there come a time maybe that God might call people out? Yeah, I've seen it happen. But man, God, he's, he's long-suffering. He's patient. So you know what we got to do? You know what I had to do in that moment, Rachel? I had to cast down imaginations and every lofty thing that tried to exalt itself against what I knew God said. And in that moment when I'm wrestling with my flesh, when I want to minister to this pastor in the fivefold ministry, what does the Holy Ghost say to me? The Holy Ghost don't say to me, shame on him. I don't like him neither right now. You know what? That's not what the Holy Ghost said. The Holy Ghost didn't say he's going to get his. You know, I've never heard God say that about anyone. I've never heard God say, oh, I'll, I'm going to get him. Don't you worry, son. I'm going to make them pay. You know, that's not the, that's not the language God That's not the language of God's love and God's grace and God's goodness to mankind in this dispensation. You know, all these people that want to prophesy doom and gloom and judgment and negativity and, uh, and all these, all these people that want to do, I'm going to tell you right now. When, when, you, when you look at the New Testament, at the love that God has for man, I'm not saying that we don't stand for, you know, some people like, well, what are you saying? We ought to just uh, 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 take it. No, you, you, you stand for Christ. You live for him. And you love like he loves. Unconditionally. You take all those thoughts that are generated out of your flesh. And you put them under subjection to the word of God and to the Holy Ghost. Everything that wants to lift itself up against Christ in your life. You got to bring it down. 
Was it right what happened? No. No one right. But you know what? God wasn't, God wasn't about to say it was okay for me to be carnal along with a pastor that was being carnal with the offering. Because guess what? You know what? Here's the reality. That church wasn't the supplier of my needs. That offering wasn't to... Su you realize that when we're giving offerings here, I, I know what the world thinks. I know what some of y'all sometimes wrestle with because I wrestle with the same thing. I've been in services where I heard someone going on about, about offering, about supernatural increase, about prosperity, and I was like, are we going to talk about anything else? But you know what? That one, that one out of my spirit. Especially if what they were saying was the word of God. If it was the word of God, you know what? It don't matter what you prefer to hear. Contrary to popular belief, we, we just scoop up and eat whatever God is serving. And if it's, if it's our favorite, then praise God. If it's that stuff that we're like, well, you know, it's not my favorite, but thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, you, there might be someone across the, across the aisle from you. They're like, ooh, praise the man. Amen. You're like, well, that's their favorite. Amen. Well, I'm preaching, boy. I am for real. I'm on some stuff. Now, listen, I'm not trying to, I don't want y'all to beat yourself over the head. I just want you to understand. I don't think we've understood. How many of y'all have ever understood that that's a part of what this scripture is talking about? That's how we win the battle against the enemy is even in circumstances. Man, I, I, one day, one day we'll tell it. One day we'll tell all that y'all went through. Y'all don't even, listen, y'all don't know that the devil is a liar. The devil will pick and pick. And you know what? When, when, it's, when it's hard, when you're going through the roughest time of your life, that is when he will attempt, I mean, he will work his hardest to get you to get over there and give him a place so that he can tear you apart and wreck your life and try to destroy you. And one day the tallies, one day they'll be able to tell. Y'all think that all they went through was they lost, and, and I, say, I say all they went through. But it, it was hard enough that, that, that Emery was lost to a to this infirmity to all that he had gone through and we were trusting the lord for his uh you know 100 healing and I, we know that ultimately that's what he received but you don't know all that happened in the context y'all don't know what they went through for 20 for 24 hours the devil did nothing but try to steal to kill and to destroy this family and I am watching. And listen, your pastor is having to cast down imaginations. I mean, there, there was a chaplain in that hospital that about got, got carotidized. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I was, I was just, listen, I had to really, I had to really hunker down. 
Because there's a lot of stuff that goes through your natural man. But you know what? If you allow that stuff to run rampant, you let it come out of your mouth, you let it come out in your gestures, in your actions, in your attitudes. If you let that take hold, what you've done is you've given place to the devil. And once you give place to the devil, you've lost them. I mean, you're going you're to lose that battle. Because you're trying to meet the enemy in the arena where he reigns. So you know what? I could have, and it would have felt good. It would have felt good to go, you are a thief. How dare you? And I could have claimed righteous indignation. Because you know what? I wasn't in the wrong for expecting that offering to go to our ministry. He said it would. So I'd have been, I'd have been all right to believe that. But it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been the way God wanted me to handle it. You are ne- listen, we are never justified. Never. It is never a ju- being in the flesh. There's never a justification for being in the flesh. And you stack the odds in the favor of the enemy when you choose the flesh over the spirit. When you choose your way over God's way. When you choose your words over God's words. So Bailey, you know what happened? While I'm standing there and I am contemplating hurting this man. The Holy Ghost spoke to me in my inner man. He said, who's your provider? I was like, well, Lord, you're my provider. He said, who's your supplier? Just inwardly, I'm going, well, Lord, you supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. He says, well, then it don't matter then, does it? You know, that was, that was when I started going to churches and I realized that it's not your offerings that, make, that ensure whether I'm successful or not. And I've, I've heard preachers and I've seen preachers. They go from church to church to church and they complain about how God's people are chintzy. And I, I tell those preachers regularly, I said, there's no better people than God's people. What you believe is you believe that God has called them to supply your needs. But God hadn't called them to supply. He's the supplier of our needs according to his riches. And sometimes he uses church people. Many times he uses people, his own people in the body. But he don't use the ones you think he uses. You know, you know who he goes to using? The widows. Think about, Eli- think about old Elijah when he, when he prophesied that famine and he's over there by the brook Cherith and he's getting provision, supernatural provision. Water from a, from a brook when there's been a drought and a, and a raven dropping a quarter pounder in the morning and a quarter pounder in the evening. I mean, super. you want to talk about supernatural provision. That, that brother, is, he's experiencing super. And then God... Uh, the, some, some, people, some people say this, the brook dried up because there wasn't no rain. Listen, it hadn't rained for a long time. That brook didn't dry up because there, there wasn't no rain. That brook dried up because God had another way. It said the ravens quit bringing food because they couldn't find no more. That's not what happened. That, them ravens quit bringing food because God said, this isn't how I'm going to do this no more. And God spoke to the prophet. He said, arise. Get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Sidon, and dwell there. I have commanded a widow there to sustain you. That's why the brook dried up. 
Because God wasn't going to sustain him through the brook no more. He was going to sustain him through the widow. That's why the raven quit coming. Because God decided he wasn't going to sustain. You know what the prophet didn't say? What did I do wrong? What have I done, God, that you would? See, that, now, now, don't, I'm not making fun of nobody. What I'm, that's our natural tendency, isn't it? See, that's the flesh. That's the flesh. Just because the way he's providing starts to change. <laughs> hey, see, we got to be careful because you know what? When we say, well, what did I do wrong? You know what we're doing? We're allowing something that is unscriptural to exalt itself above what God's word says. Amen. Ooh, Brandon, I thought I was under arrest or something. <laughs> Woo, look at Brandon. Don't lust after him, women. He married. <laughs> Gil's like, Brandon, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> so God, 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 you know what God tells you? I get, listen, how many of you all know that Zarephath wasn't, there wasn't just a widow in Zarephath? Say, say, that, say that God told Elijah, get thee to Oklahoma City. I've commanded a widow there to sustain you. Well, Oklahoma City got more than widows. And I know some of y'all like, man, I mean, this economy, it's so bad. Everybody's dying. Not everybody's dying. There's a bunch of people in Galardia living it up. You know what? Go drive through Galardia. Not, it, not, it, not everybody. Listen, go to Mahogany. You, you, people are like, man, we, nobody can afford food. No, go to Mahogany. It's full every night. You get, a you get a $300 tab when you go to Mahogany, and there are people packing out that restaurant every night. Not everybody, not everybody's struggling. Go to the mall. There are people shopping at the mall right now. Right now. They will be there until, what time's the mall closed now? Nine o'clock? Is it nine o'clock now? Because I know for a while it was like eight o'clock or something. You know what? They will be there until it, they will be kicking people out of the Apple store when it, you understand? And they're, not, and they're not purchasing small stuff. I watch people haul stuff out of there, bags and bags, loads of stuff. Man, no, can't even, can't nobody even buy a car. Someone's buying them. And they're paying way more than what they're worth right now. Come on, y'all. Are y'all hearing me? See, so you got, you got to... Glory to God. You've got to change your mindset. You've got to go where he leads you. You've got to let God arise and his enemies be scattered. When God dries up the, the brook and he no longer sends the raven, then you better go where he tells you to go. Do you know where he almost never tells you to go? Go to the rich people. <laughs> Because God didn't tell Elijah to go to the rich people that were in Zarephath. He didn't say, get thee over to the prepper's house. I have commanded them to sustain you. 
You know, but I hear people say that even in, I know some of y'all just saying it jokingly. I, it's okay to joke. But if there's any truth to what you're saying when you tell Gil, hey, Gil, I know I'm, I'm going to go to your house. No, listen, Gil is not the supplier of all your needs. When things hit the fan, boy, I'm going to tell you right now, you better be trusting the Lord with all of your heart. You better be, have been obedient to him and learned how to hear his voice because I'm going to tell you right now, Gil don't have enough for this whole church. I hear people say to Michael Salazar, Michael Salazar, he opened up his gun safe and people are like, ooh, I know where I'm coming if there's a zombie apocalypse. Oh, no, listen, if, 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 that's, if that's who you think is your protector, God is my refuge. He's my strength. He's my very present help in time of... Come on, y'all. But instead, you know what the flesh does? The flesh, you know, we get, we get people, I've, I've, I've said this, I think, for the last three weeks. We have people that come to this church, and they want us to be the supplier of their need. We are not going to supply your need. We don't give money to people in this church. We're not, we don't pay rent. We don't pay gas. We don't pay electric. We don't, we, as a, the church, the Winner's Church, don't buy groceries for people. I've had people walk in here and said, in fact, to David, one time there's a fellow got David in the, in the uh, utility room back here. And I walked back there and I was like, hey, David, what's going on? He said, oh, pastor, I was just talking to this fellow. He came, he was hoping we could help him out. I, and and I, I, I looked at him, I said, well, well, what's going on? He said, well, you know, I've, I just need a place. I need a place to stay. I got to have me a, a hotel. I said, well, we don't do that. He goes, well, y'all are a church. I said, yeah, we're a church, but we don't. That's not what the church is for. To come get your bills paid. Because if the church goes to paying your bills, then we become your supplier. Well, isn't that why people give? No, no, people don't. People don't give so that we can do humanitarian efforts. People give because the Bible commands us to give. Well, what are you going to do with the money? Ministry. Well, isn't feeding the poor kind of ministry? Yep, amen. But we don't feed the poor of people. that Once you... If once you become a member or part of this church, we're going to teach you how to prosper. And that means we ain't writing you no checks. The church ain't going to do it. Now, there might be individuals. But even, even with individuals, I, I tell people all the time. I tell people regular. I've told people that they're part of this church regular. Watch out for people. Be careful. Be careful where you're sowing. 
Don't, don't just give out of the goodness of your heart and because your heartstrings have been pulled upon. You don't even just give because there's need. In fact, the Bible discourages us from giving to needs. That's right. We don't give out of necessity. We don't give just because there's a need. That, the Bible discourages that. You know why? Because when we give to needs, it's, it, it's motivated by the flesh. Do you know why we feel good when we give to somebody who's struggling? Because we're giving down, we're sowing down. We're sowing, we're sowing this way. Hey, I want to help you to come up. It don't feel as good when you're giving a billionaire $100. But sometimes that's the way the Lord will lead you. When God sent Elijah to that widow woman, you know what the word widow means? The one who has lost their provider. So when God said, I'm sending you to the widow, here's what he was saying. Arise, get out of this place of provision. I'm going to send you to the place that has no provider. And the place that has lost its provider is going to sustain you. I'm sure Elijah was tickled pink. You know, if God, if God told you to get up from where you're at and go to a place that had lost its provision and its provider, you'd be happy to do it. <laughs> I wouldn't be. Listen, that your natural man don't look. Don't look. When the Lord told me not to punch that pastor, I listen. I. You know what I thought? Well, I'm just gonna have to suffer for you. You know that's what your flesh says. Suck it up. Oh, woe is you. So God didn't, say, God didn't say to Elijah, go to Zarephath. Um, I've commanded you to sustain a widow. No, here's this prophet. He hadn't fasted one day during the drought, during the famine. He ate every day, twice a day. Had water every day, anytime he wanted. Now he goes to a place where they haven't had water and they haven't had food. In fact, God sends him to the house of a woman that she's down to her last handful of meal and last little bit of oil. Because when he gets there, she says, all I got is a handful of meal and a little bit of oil. And I'm about to fix this for me and my son. And we're going to eat it. And then we're going to die. So, you know, this woman had to be suffering. She's probably frail skinny only God knows what that kid looked like and Elijah goes and he says <clears throat> could you go get me some water sound like some of them preachers y'all like to bash No, 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 none of them preachers don't need no plane. No, you don't need no plane because you don't go nowhere. Go ahead now. Oh, you're on it now. (laughs) 
If I didn't go nowhere, I wouldn't need one either. Y'all don't feel bad over this, do you? I, I get this. I get a feeling. <laughs> don't feel bad. You, this, this ought to be helping you and encouraging you in the area of your faith. Because listen, you know what the devil be trying to tell y'all? You nasty thing. You know when the devil tells me that? You know what I say? I just agree with him. I'm like, you're right. But you know what? Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Glory to God. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Glory to God. Well, you hypocrite, you, you the Lord ain't going to do nothing for you. Oh, no, you don't understand. <laughs> we got to quit trying to read things by what it looks like. Because if you go by what you think you see with your eyes, you, I have people get mad at, mad at us at, as a church. That, that fellow that was back there with David, I said, we don't help you. He's like, okay. he said, come on, let's get real. Let's just be, can we get real about it? Let's get real about this. I said, I'm going to get real with you. We don't give money away. I, I put my hand on him like, he said, don't touch me. I said, you come in here to get money from me and I can't touch you. I said, you know what? Get out of here. I said, do you need help? Because I'll help you out of here. Now, here's the thing. Most churches aren't going to treat somebody that way. But you ain't about to come up in here and ask me for money and then act like you're entitled to it. You know what I was going to tell? I said, now I, I personally have money. I was going to tell him, I personally have money that I might, but this church ain't going to give you no money. But then when he said, I can't touch you, well, if I can't touch you, I can't help you. Really, that's how it is? Hit the, hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. And, and you know, and you know, there's you know, there's some people. That ain't no church. Well, don't come. That simple. It's that simple. You don't like it. The door swings both ways. If you can't stand the heat, get out the kitchen. If you can't run with the big dog, stay on the front porch. If you don't like the truth of God's word, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Amen. There are plenty of dead, dry churches that, you know what I'm saying? People that will let you live. I'll, I'll never forget Ayla coming up and telling. She had visited a church and they were having a video how families they were helping for Christmas. And thank God, we'd, we've, we've, we do that. We've done that. We help families for Christmas. We, we try not to do that for families in this church. In fact, we don't. We try, to, we try to find families outside of this church. And people say, well, don't you have families struggling in your... Yes! But the way they're going to quit struggling is by helping someone else who's struggling. Ayla went visit this church. She said the program, the, the thing they play, it was so hard. It was, I mean, it, she said it just moved you emotionally because these people were being helped. She said and it was all good until she said, and, and she said, you know what she was saying to me? Thank you, Pastor Zig, for teaching us what you teach us at Winter's Church. 
Because there was a woman there. How long? Do you remember how long she, she had, she had joined this church. She had been a part of this church for four or five years. Do you know the only reason that she was a part of this church was because every year from the first year that she showed up, they were buying their family Christmas. I love this church because they buy me Christmas every year. Is that, is that really what the Bible teaches? Man, I'd rather have y'all come up in here broke and then get mad at me because I'm teaching on supernatural because I'm encouraging y'all to sow. And, and, and I'd rather you question, at, at times question my integrity, question my character, wonder what. Listen, I, I want you to go through that. I want you to wonder what's happening. I want, I want you to go through all of that stuff and have to take and cast down those imaginations and die to your flesh and bring that stuff. Because you know what? That's the only way you're going to get the victory. You're never going to win the battle unless you fight a battle. See, what we don't understand is that all this that we're wrestling with, it's necessary. And if we'll do what the word of God says and bring those thoughts captive and bring them to the obedience of God, then you know what happens? We become stronger and stronger. The house of David will grow stronger and stronger as the house of Saul grows weaker and weaker. Until one day it happens like what happened to me. Someone rips you off. And instead of putting it on Facebook, <laughs> instead of telling three people before you walk out the door how someone did you wrong, sometimes I wonder, sometimes I wonder why there are some that they never see anything. They only see what they think is wrong in the church, never what's right. Well, you know what's wrong? Is that all you see? What you think is wrong? And now we got people like Hillsong. Or not, yeah, Hillsong. I know, I know some bad stuff happened at Hillsong with, you know, leadership. There, were, there was some indiscretions, things like that that went on. Where does that not happen? Where, where, in what church is there absolutely no struggle with sin? Yeah, but there's a pastor. Yeah, yes. Y'all look at me every day, and, and you're like, "Well, but Pastor, you don't do." Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm not sleeping around with other women. That I'm not doing that. But you know what? For a long time, I have battled with eating properly and gluttony is just as much a sin as sexual sin is a sin but nobody has a problem with that that's acceptable you know why because most people have that problem <laughs> it's acceptable we accept you because we accept us <laughs> 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 
But it's no, it's the, yeah, it's no less a struggle or a battle. It's no less the devil. The, the enemy's trying to work against me in that area. Boy, he'd like to kill me. He'd like to give me diabetes and high blood pressure and, and uh, what else they, what else they trying to put on people? Uh, uh, arthritis, uh, uh, what is it, uh, pneumococcal pneumonia? <laughs> <laughs> uh, keto acidosis <laughs> all that stuff they say on the television you know what i'm saying and, they, and it's on there all the time i mean they be putting that stuff on there all the time if you're fat now some of y'all aren't fat but if you're a fat person on facebook you be getting ads about And now they're getting creative, you know. They're getting real creative. It's like if you, uh, oh, what, what was it they were? I started, I, 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 clicked on a, I clicked on a heavy metal video. I think it was Metallica or something. And I clicked on this Metallica video, and I'm watching Metallica play. And then, you know how it is. You, you get in that algorithm, and now, you know, rat. You know? And so now I got rat coming up on my feed and I'm listening to how they what was it what was that was the song you did, round and round round and around you know and so I'm, I'm listening to that well you know now I'm getting all these heavy metal and then I get an ad that says do you have tinnitus because they know if you're a headbanger if you went to them concerts you know what tinnitus is right where your ears ring damage to the, the nerves in your ears and, and whatnot they know who to, they know it. Tinnitus is linked to heart disease, to strokes, and this and that. You need to get this video. You know, the devil, he's looking to steal, kill, and destroy. Some of y'all, you let everybody and their grandmother tell you how bad you are. As far as physically, how you're going to die of you. Oh, yeah, I read that tinnitus is linked to <laughs> stroke, heart attack, pneumococcal pneumonia. <laughs> Ketoacidosis. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. But anyway. <laughs> I know Mikey, Mikey, even my daughter Mikey, she came one day, she's, she was talking and she, she went into one of those commercials, was talking about keto acidosis, she was cracking me up, boy. I was like, Mikey, you're just, you crazy. <laughs> but we got to be careful that we, what we see, what we hear, what we give a voice to, what we agree with, you understand? And I'm, I'm just, I'm just telling y'all, watch out what you agree with. Thank God the Spirit of God told me that day with that pastor, who's your supplier? And then you would think that because I got a $35 offering and I didn't have a way home, the Lord would be like, son, I'm, I feel sorry for you, so I'm going to help you. You know, God loves you, but he don't really feel sorry for you. And the other thing is, he's not moved by feelings. You know, the Lord didn't tell me one time, Ted, during that time, it's 
okay, son. I feel, I'm crying with you. People have done you. I feel so bad for you, son. God's never told me. God has never told Has God ever told any of y'all that? He's never told me that. I never found it in his word. I never heard it in prayer. God never came alongside of me and was like, boy, nobody knows. God don't know any old Negro spirituals. No, I got that $35 check, Nakia, and it's a check. It's not even cash. $35 check. I got this $35 check, and the Lord sends another pastor over and says, Hey, I was just over here, and the Lord told me you're supposed to go with me to pray for a woman in a, in a town two and a half hours away from here. I'm going tomorrow. This woman is sick, and the Lord told me you're supposed to go with me. I was about to tell that pastor, as a woman pastor, I'd be like, what kind of crack are you smoking? Because I ain't going nowhere. I, I, I can't even afford to pay attention. You're trying to get me to go two and a half hours away. Y'all know you can't even leave your house if you don't have no money. In the natural. Am I right? I was about to tell her, well, that's not going to work out. I went to open up my mouth. The Lord said, I sent her over here because I, I thought, Lord, you hadn't told me nothing. He said, boy, I sent her over here. You need to go. You know what that was? You know what that was? That was the Lord saying, arise, get thee to Zarephath. The place of no provision is going to provide for you. How am I supposed to? You know what, you know what the problem is with, with, with some people in the body of Christ? is that we let money bully us and tell us what we're going to do, what we're not going to do. We're going to let money tell us what church to go to. How far we're going to drive. But when the Lord told me go with that, well, I was like, you'll have to come pick me up. I said, I'll pick you up. Where are you? I said, I'm over at the... I'm, in defi I'm staying in defiance. She's like, good, that's closer. She, she lived in between where I was at. Uh, she lived on the other side of defiance, and defiance was kind of in between. So the next morning, she came, she got me. We went and cashed that $35 check. Shortly after cashing that check, she said, Brother Ziggy, I, uh, I, I don't really have any gas. My gas tank is on empty. Can you, can you help me out and put gas in my car? So, so what do you say? Well, you can't get blood out of a turnip. Is that what you say? Is that kingdom? Is that what? I mean, what do you say? Well, as far as I was concerned, the Lord told me to go with her. If the Lord told me to go with her, then he knew what was up. Now, you know what my natural man said? Jump out right now. Just jump out. You can roll. You'll, you'll be skinned up a little bit. But just jump out and go back to the... But instead, I was like, the Holy Ghost said, if you keep what you got, you got what you got. If you give it to me, he said, you have an unlimited supply. That's what he said. Now, is that what my life looked like at that moment? Heck no, I was fasting, I was fasting involuntarily every other day. That's not what my life looked like at that moment. But that's what he said.
And I had to choose, either choose what he said. Am I helping anybody here today? I had to either choose what he said or choose my way. If I'd have gone my way, I'd probably still be broke. I'd probably, you know what, I'd probably probably still be at the house saying, one day I'm going to go into ministry. One day I'm going to do a great work for you. God's going to use me. I have a word from God. At some point, that word from God has to grow legs. And you have to start walking it out by faith. And is is it easy? Listen, if it was easy, everybody would do it. But you do you do, you, and it's, it comes and say, don't get me wrong, you ain't got to do all this overnight. But you have, to, you have to take up faith, and you have to, your hope has to be in Him. There is hope in Him. There is hope in Him. Without Him, hopeless. But in Him, we have all the, man, we have hope in spades. Amen. So I was like, yeah, pull over. Let's get some gas. Dude, she had a, she didn't have no look. She wasn't like in a Yugo. This car was a Parisian. You know what a Parisian is? That thing is a land yacht. It's like a Bonneville, the old Bonnevilles. You know that big old long thing? I mean, you, you driving that thing, it's like you, you, I mean, that thing is, you could, hear it, you could hear it sucking the gas. You could hear the carburetors in that. Oh, yeah. So we stopped at the gas station. I put that pump on there. I'm, I'm, I'm filling up that tank. At that, back then, $25 was a lot. But when that thing clicked at $25, I didn't top it off, Gil. I pulled, I pulled that thing out of there. I was like, it, it quit. <laughs> I hung up the deal. She was like, praise God. I was like, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Amen. You, you know what you want to do in the natural? You want to feel sorry for yourself. Those, that's those high things that try to exalt itself against God. That's what it is. Those are the things you got to bring down. How you, how you going to feel sorry for yourself that you just sowed, and the Bible says that whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And not, not just coming back the way that it went, but good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, men are going to give into your bosom with the same measure that you gave with all that's going to be measured back to you. Glory to God. How are you going to do that? I was like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm winning lots of victories right then, Lewis. Now, my mind is working, though. My mind is working. Pastor Zig, what was you thinking? I was thinking everything y'all would have thought. But you know what? Not one word of it came out of my mouth. Not one word of it came out of my mouth. I had to keep encouraging myself with the word of God. I had to keep believing what God said. I told you I was going to let you ask questions. Let me me just finish this. So we get to the hospital. Y'all know the story, but I got to tell it for those that don't know it. We get to the hospital where this girl is sick. I walk into the hospital. There's a bunch of people in the lobby. Hey, Brother Ziggy. 
I recognized them. They had been in the meetings. I was like, hey, y'all. I mean, a bunch of them. Oh, yeah. I, I skipped a part, but anyway, I ended up buying her a Big Mac. But anyway, the pastor, we, we get upstairs. I spent nearly all the money I had, 35 bucks. I was down to almost zero. I think I was down to a couple dollars, some change. Well, I went upstairs, prayed for the woman that, that needed prayer. This woman had taken medication and had an allergic reaction. It burned all the skin off of her body. When I walked into the room, it smelled like rotten hamburger meat. It was terrible. The most disgusting smell I've ever smelled. I, I, almost, I almost threw up my Big Mac that I just ate, and I knew that there wasn't another one coming for a while. You know what I'm saying? Or I, in my mind, I didn't think there was. So I was like, stay down, stay down, in the name of Jesus. And, and this pastor, she's talking to this girl's mother, and, and I'm like, we need to pray because I'm about to lose my lunch. I, I just got, I said, where's the oil? Someone give me the oil. And they gave me some oil. I found a place that looked like it'd be okay for me to anoint her with oil. I slapped some oil on her. I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. I curse this. I command you uh, to come up off of this bed of affliction. Uh, 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 Jesus is your healer. Arise and be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. And then I was like, I'm out. I walked straight out of there because I was about to get sick. And I'm walking. Now, listen, I weigh, at that time, I weigh 185 pounds wet. And I take my scrawny backside over to, I mean, I look like Gabe. Like my son Gabe. I mean, he, I was thin and tall. And so I take myself over to that. I walk like he walks. You know, I, I, I was just saying, it's just like, it's weird. But I, I, I walked to the elevator, elevator door open. A man is stepping out. He said, oh, Brother Ziggy, I was coming to see you. I think it was a man. It might have been a woman. But anyway, it was somebody. I said, oh, okay. They said, hey, I just wanted to say God bless you. And they reached out their hand to shake my hand. When I shook their hand, there was, there was paper. There was money in their hand. They were set past it. We call them Pentecostal handshakes. Oh, yeah. They passed off some money to me. I was like, Glory to God. Now, you know, in the, you know what I wanted to do in the natural? I wanted to open up my hand, open up that, we could, wow, woo, glory. I wanted to shout. But instead, I, I had to be God's man of faith and power. Amen. So I was like, glory to God. I said, amen, amen. Hey, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I just put the money in my pocket. And they're talking, and I can't even concentrate on what they're saying. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Something like that. You can't even, you're not even focused on what it is because you're like, thank God, thank God, thank God. And you're just like, mm-hmm, see, see. <laughs> you know, you like them, <laughs> you like them waiters you're talking to, you know good and well they don't know what you're talking about. Like, yes, uh-huh. And then they get done talking, they're like, thank you. I'm like, God bless you. God bless you. And we, the, the elevator door opens, and there's someone standing at the door. Hey, Brother Ziggy, I was coming up to see you. And they reached out to shake my hand. And when they reached out to shake, they had money in their hand. I was like, glory to God. Hallelujah. I just put that money in my pocket. You know, not a one of them people knew nothing about what I was going through. I never told nobody nothing I was going you know, sometimes we got to keep that stuff to ourselves. 
Well, I got to talk about it. it. Make me feel better. Have you ever wondered why it makes you feel better? Maybe it makes you feel better because uh, the devil's like, now I can get off his back because he done said stupid stuff. Now she done gave, she gave flight to it with those words. Now, that might be why you feel better because the old enemy comes and starts scratching on your head. Good boy, good girl. That happened five more times before I got to the car. I got to the car. I had a wad of money in my pocket. That pastor came out to the car. We start driving two and a half hours back to our destination. I didn't say a word. I did not say, I didn't say, because pretty, I, I know if I'd have said someone gave me money, she'd have been like, Ziggy, I don't think these tires are going to make it, you know, something like that. So I kept quiet. I was just like, thank you, Jesus. When I got back to where I was staying, it was over $350 that people had put in my, now that, you say that, that isn't very much. Listen, might as well have been a million to me. That I was going to get to eat that day, the next day, the next day, and I was going to get to come back to Oklahoma City. Because God was the supplier of everything. Now, see, some, some of y'all wonder why I talk about it. I talk about this because it works. Because some, some, some of y'all are struggling. And you think the way out, you think the way out is by leaning into your flesh and leaning into your natural man and doing things. Listen, if the way you did things would have brought you out, you'd be out already. But it's those things that we resist. They're the things that are hard. And I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm not, listen, and God, God's not going to wait till you get it all right before he blesses you. He's going to bless you in the process. Did I have everything right back then? No, man, I, I still thought stupid. I wasn't, even, I wasn't tithing back then. I wasn't even tithing back then. That's why I could never, I could never tell anybody, God's not going to bless you because you don't tithe. God blessed me and I wasn't tithing. He helped me out, and I wasn't a tither. He was helping me out as much as he could. Now, he could have done more if I'd have, you know, if I'd have lined up with his word more. But he did everything he could for me. And the more I aligned with his word, the more he was able to get to me. The more he was able to get to me, the more he was able to get through me. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Did this help anybody here today? Okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, church. This stuff, it's not easy stuff, but you can, you can do it. Okay. If you couldn't do it, God wouldn't have said in his word you could. If you couldn't live in the blessing, he wouldn't encourage us to live. He wouldn't be encouraging us to live in the blessing. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 350 points. <laughs> Ted, <laughs> I was, re listen, I was rejoicing over $350. I was, listen, man, I praised God all night for I don't take anything for granted anymore. If I, if I see a dime on the ground, I'm picking it up. If I see a penny, 
I'm picking it up. I'm saying glory to God's supernatural increase headed my way. Now, some people think it's crazy, but listen, if you, do, if you ain't been through nothing if a penny don't look good to you. If a penny ain't supernatural increase to you, you ain't there yet. I'll never forget Michael Salazar. We look at Michael, Twilem, everybody be looking at them, be like, oh, must be nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but in the lean times. And nobody in this church knew. Nobody in this church knew that Michael and Twyla, they, they roll up in a BMW, couldn't afford to make the payment. Lived behind a gate, but were struggling financially. They were under the attack of the enemy. And God was teaching them. Not, God wasn't sending the battle. But God was teaching them in that time to live by faith in the word of God. There was a woman dropped a $20 bill out of her purse when that happened, when they were going through that. Over at Western. Over on Western. Michael and I mean, we've only been in existence for 12 years, folks. This wasn't that long ago. It, it, maybe six years ago. Michael Salazar is standing behind this woman. She's a visitor. She drops a $20 bill out of her wallet, and he says there's a battle that starts going on in his mind. He's like, I'm about to snatch that 20 up because I need that for gas. He's like, Lord, money cometh. Glory to God. He said he picked up that 20 and he almost pocketed it. But the Lord was like, who's the supplier? He tapped that woman on the show. He said, ma'am, you dropped this. Listen, he needed that 20 bad. Come on, y'all. Y'all hear what I'm saying? We, 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 can't, we can't be relying on the flesh. We have to rely on the spirit. Any questions? Any questions about what I said today or what I said on Sunday? Anybody? Was it clear? Was I, did I make clear sound here today? Oh, yeah. um, when it, yes, sir. Oh, my bad. I was going to say, and I think this might help other people too, because when you were talking earlier about how Sometimes we get the attitude of like, like, oh, we're talking about this again. But as you were saying that, the Lord was revealing to me like, and it's not that I've had that attitude or anything per se, but I would say sometimes I'm guilty of it. Sure. But what he just spoke to me when you were saying that is when I heard it before, I had a much different situation. You know, I was a single guy, didn't have a family, you know, didn't have a wife. So it's like now hearing it again in a different place in my life, it applies differently now. Yes. Not differently in the... No, it, you're right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, there's, it's a whole new complexity. <sighs> so, like, even though we might think, well, I've heard this before, when we develop that attitude, it can, it can cause us not to be able to receive a fresh, you know, application of what it needs to be in our life today. I think that's why we're doing this right now, because so. we got... Some of y'all navigated this when you were single. It's a different story when you're single. The minute you get married, you got you to gotta, you gotta develop a whole new set of principles and ideas. 
you have a kid. Listen, some of y'all have never had, and Talisha, see, Talisha heard this when she had one kid, and she's single. Two kids is like, oh, dear God. It's, it's a different thing every time, isn't it, Talisha? I mean, you, you'd think, well, she's got this whip. No, one more kid comes like, dear God, help me. Because you're in a whole new, the dynamics of your life change, and then you realize that you don't have everything. You don't have all the information. You don't have all that is necessary to live in that. So you're right. You're, to, you're totally right. And, and here's the thing. Don't feel bad that you struggle. Listen, when, when, when you hear yourself say this, when you hear yourself say, oh, not again. You know, you, you, you know what I've done in the past? I have said out loud, yes, again, in the name of Jesus. When I went to, when I went to meetings and someone was prophesying over people, and I was like, oh, do you, do you know what myself would tell me when I'd go in some of them meetings? What, what goes through some of y'all? Don't call me out. Don't call me out. Don't call me. I don't know why that happens other than it's the flash. Don't call me out. Don't call me out. That, that was going... So sometimes I've had to say out loud, call me out. I want to be called out. Look, say something to me, Jesus. I am a target. I am a big target. You can hit me. See, amen. See, that's what we have to, we have to overcome that thing that, is, is that really God? Don't call me out. Is that really God? No, it's not God. That don't, that don't position you for the blessing. Don't call me out. Now, you know, you know what else I do? I go in, I'm like, well, I don't know who these people are. Here's, here's the thing I realized. If God can anoint a donkey to talk to a prophet, then he can anoint an idiot for about three minutes to tell me something. Are y'all hearing me? <laughs> well, listen, I've had people that were foolish call me out, God use them. And then I've had people call me out and they was way off in left field. But I've, I've really, I've had, I've had some of the strangest things happen. But any, anyway, so yeah, thank you, Andrew. Yes, Gil. I waited. <laughs> uh -oh. So I don't have a question. I have two testimonies, actually. Okay. Praise the Lord. Um, I wasn't going to share them because I was like, yeah, they're not huge. But then God was like, anything that I do is huge. And I was like, oh, amen. All right. Amen. I'm going to share them. So the first one is um, we've been with Verizon for like 16 years. Ooh. 16 years. A long time. And someone made a comment about switching over to... T-Mobile, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do that because, you know, because I don't know. Um, I went to the T-Mobile store. They quoted me like $400 to change over. I was like, that's not going to happen. My funds are tied. That's not going to happen. I'm not going to receive that. So I left, and then when I was at home, God was like, get on the computer, do some searching, and just look to see what happens. I was like, all right, Lord. So mm -hmm. I got on. I put my, you know, my number and my name and this and that, and what kind of phones and stuff like that, you know, what kind of phones we had and stuff. And they said, okay, we're going to call you. And I was like, no, I don't want to be called. 
I get a call, I was like, he's like, pick it up. I don't like talking on the phone. I used to be a telemarketer. I don't like talking yeah. on the phone. And so I picked it up and I was like, hello, yes. Really nice guy. Like, super nice, very enthusiastic. I was like, this guy loves his job. Um, and so he, he's like, tell me a little bit about your story. And I was like, that's kind of weird. I don't really feel like sharing, but God was like, share with him. I was like, okay. So I share with him, you know, I told him I love the Lord and I've been at church and, you know, um, things are going on. I'll just leave it at that. And he's like, you know, I'm really touched by your story. This is what I'm going to do for you. And I said, okay. He's like, I'm going to waive all your activation fees. I'm going to give your daughter a free phone. I'm going to pay off your phone and your wife's phone so you can switch over to T-Mobile. Um, and he's like, how much do you pay right now for your, your phone? I was like, around 400. He's like, oh, we're going to charge you 153 for unlimited everything. I was like, oh, wow. Um, and he sent me a free radio, which was pretty cool. <laughs> a free, like, boom box or something. Yeah. And I was like, what are, I'll, re I'll receive it. I'll receive it. Yeah, he will. And um, so everything went, like, He's, I was like, well, what do I got to pay today? I was like, okay, here's the cash. What do I got to pay today? And I told him, I was like, you sound too good to be true, but I felt like this is a truly a blessing. He's like, you pay $0 today. I'm tax exempt because I'm, you know, disabled veteran. So he's like, well, you don't have to pay taxes either. Zero. I was like, wow. So you're paying off both of my phones. He's like, you can even trade those in for, a for $830 towards a new phone. iPhones, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they want us to turn over to the dark side. <laughs> um, so that was a huge blessing. And I'm just being transparent here. When I went to the um, T-Mobile store, the reason why this is so important is because I went to the T-Mobile store. Don't know how it blurted out, but I, told, I went to the Verizon store. And I told the Verizon people, I was like, I talked to somebody a couple weeks ago and blah, blah, blah. So I lied. And I was like, why did I say that? And even though I lied, even though I was, you know, I sinned, God still had his grace all over yeah. me, uh, all over our, my family. So that was, that was like the, the, turning, the, the point of that testimony. Thank God. And then I, ha I just got done. You guys know I got a new job. I just got done training for two weeks uh, for scheduling and all that type of stuff and calling people on the phone. Um, <laughs> Fun. So I was the top performer in the training group. Come on, Jesus. Um, I taught the class many days after I learned, uh, you know, the, and I, I helped the trainer that was training. The people said they preferred me over her. <laughs> and then she, she wasn't salty about it at all. She's like, Gil, what I want you to do is I want you to email this person, which is in charge of all of you guys. I want you to tell him that you outperformed, I will vouch for you, and I want you to request a reconsideration of your grade and a reconsideration of your position. I was like, I've been only here for a, a month, a month and like two weeks. And she's like, I don't care. We can make it, ha we can make it happen because I, I see your worth. And I was like, God, you're Come awesome. On, Jesus. So... I, I sent the email. I'm praying. So if you guys want to pray, I would appreciate that. 
Um, I would love to get a raise already. That would be epic. Take it. Amen. So I receive it, and I just wanted to share that, hopefully. you know. So basically what I wanted to share is because God is preparing my wife and I. He's preparing our family. He's showing us these little blessings, like I got something bigger for you. And I know he's spoken that to me, like I got something bigger for you, but I need you to do what I'm telling you to do. And I've been doing things. I'm not going to talk about it, but I've been doing what God has been saying. And, you know, I really feel like God is really speaking to us. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Well, glory to God. Any questions? Oh, I, I flew home. I ended up with the, you know, got to fly home. It was, uh, huh? Yeah, in that particular story, yes. There was another time where I, Ted came to pick me up in a van, but that's a different time. Yeah, that's a different time. <clears throat> we can talk about that next time. <laughs> that van broke down nine times, right, Ted? Nine times. What a, that was a demon spirit or something. I don't but uh, yeah, Ted and I, we've seen some stuff. I'm gonna, I, y'all. I, I just want to. I want to let y'all know this, and and uh, and I. I don't. I don't. I've never felt like I had to ever try to persuade people ever. Honestly, uh, I know that there are people that have questioned my uh, motives, and I know that there are people that secretly think different things. I don't believe that's ever happened necessarily at our church, uh, because y'all are so kind to us and and uh, loving toward us and so appreciative. Uh, for us and want to be a blessing to us so much that I just can't see anyone uh, in our fellowship at our church uh, thinking these things about thinking that for that we did these that anything that we're doing we're doing uh, for filthy lucre or to you know uh, lie in our own power or whatever for our own benefit or our own profit Um, but I, I do know that there are people you know that when I travel around, that there are people, they really believe that we're materialistic. They believe that all we talk about is money, that, um, that uh, you know, when we, when we talk about the provision uh, that God has brought into our lives, instead of rejoicing with us, it makes them angry. And you think people would know why they, would, why they were angry, that they would realize that the devil's eating their lunch. And... Who in their right minds would be angry over someone God, God supernatural? Listen, if you come to me and you, Gil's testimony. If y'all came to me and said, Pastor, someone wrote me a check for a million dollars. I am definitely not going to look at you and be like, well, I've been doing this for this many years and no one ever gave me a million dollars. That's not going to be what, That's and <clears throat> There's something that we, we have to develop in our, you know, by the word of God and in our spirits. And we got to be about the business of doing that. You can't just neglect it and think that it's going to go away. You really have to purpose in your heart to intentionally bring those mindsets down. Because if you don't, those are the things that will hinder you from forward progress and from really getting over there. And so you got to be aggressive about it. Not, not aggressive toward people, but aggressive in your own self. Um, you know, uh, to, uh, to bring those things. And I want you all to notice this. Very little of what I said was about 
okay, you got to give this or you got to give that or you got to that's most most of us that's not our problem is giving most of us now some people there boy they wouldn't they wouldn't they wouldn't give nothing to save their life uh and if they did give anything it would you know it would it would just be uh something you know insignificant or whatever that, that didn't wasn't even impactful to their own selves it wouldn't even cost them anything and i know there are people that way but for the most part most of the people in this house i'd say a majority of people that are i think in this house that's not y'all. Y'all are y'all give. You're, you're, you're givers. So it's not that you're not giving. That's not the deal. That, that's not the trouble. Most of the trouble comes in that area of pulling down those strongholds, those imaginations, and being aggressive and consistent about doing it, just not letting those things settle. And sometimes, again, you won't know until you reach another level or you, something is added into your life. And, and all of a sudden, you, you know, it takes on a different, some things take on different meaning. And there are different areas that you have to look after then. And it's a, a progressive revelation. It really is. You go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. So I just want to encourage you to keep, keep on keeping on. Keep up the fight. Don't give up. And don't, you know, don't look, don't look at me. Don't look at your pastor and be like, you know, um, I've been I've been where many of you are at, and some of you I've been worse off than oh, yeah. than many of you have been. Uh, I look over here at Ted, and I've watched Ted go flat out through the ringer. Ted and Debbie both. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now, there are very few people I've ever met or ever seen that have ever gone through some of the stuff that we've endured and been through. And and not not that I'm saying that we're you know, we're you know we're the martyrs in this. That's not the deal. It's just when when it's in the context where we've been in church, there are many people, there are a lot of people who have bad attitude towards church, toward church people, toward ministry, because of what, thank God, he has brought us through. Oh, and yeah. I don't have, you know that pastor, I saw that pastor that gave me that $35 offer, I saw him one of the last times we were in Ohio. No animosity in my heart toward him. I love that brother, he's a good brother. He's uncalled, anointed of God. He's at the age now of nearly retirement, but I saw him, you know, I still acknowledge him. I still honor him. I still love him. He is a brother in the Lord. Never had nothing toward him. You know why? Because he just didn't know. He didn't know what he, he didn't know. And if he did, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> as far as I know, he didn't know. He didn't know no better. And that's the way I'd rather look at it. So he just, that's what he's done all the time. He never knew nothing different. Maybe that's the way people did him. He thought that's the way it was done. Do I go, to, do I go preach at that church anymore? No. You think I should? If the Holy Ghost told me, I would. But the Spirit of God don't tell me to go there. I ain't going there. But not because I'm angry or anything like that. I just don't want to, I don't, I don't want to align myself with that. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Man, I thought, I thought we did good here today. Um, I thought Sunday was phenomenal. How many of y'all left out of here with some deliverance on Sunday? I left out of here free Sunday, boy. I, listen, I went to eat with everybody, but I was, I was flying high, boy. I, every time I got in the car, I just looked at Annie. I said, I preached my face off. She said, yes, you did, honey. I was like, Jesus was there. She's like, yes, he was. 
I was like, amen. We get halfway home. I'm like, Jesus was up in there today, mama. She's like, yes, daddy was. Praise God. <laughs> Pray for Pastor Andy. She's battling uh, still yet in her, you know, physically in her body. And so I'm trusting the Lord with her. Uh, let me tell you, let me tell you what it is she's battling. She had her gallbladder removed and we're trusting that she's not going to have to endure what others endure after having their gallbladder removed because we, we're not like others. And so her body's not going to be uh, trying to uh, give her problems with digestion and things of that nature. So agree with us. Just agree that uh, she's going to walk in divine health and wholeness and uh, she's going to function as if she had a fully 100% functioning gallbladder because that's the way God is. Amen. And Sister Anna, she wanted us to agree with her today. Do you still want us to do that? Do you want to do that here? You want to do that just with, come on. And, and let's, uh, we're going to pray with Anna here before we go. But I just want you to share and uh, tell, tell, tell everybody what the Lord was showing you. And, uh, and then we're going to agree with you. Um, so the Lord has been teaching me and showing me a lot about unity in the body, um, in our church specifically. And so I don't know if most of you know this, but I am called to intercede for a lot of people. So me and Cherie gather here regularly every Monday, and we pray for a lot of you guys. And um, <coughs> so I'm like, when the Lord's showing me this, I'm like, amen, Lord. Like, I'm going to be able to link arms with, you know, my fellow church members, and we're going to pray this stuff out. And you know, it's just going to be great. And um, so he's just been showing me the importance of unity within our church. Well, um, today I left church, or I'm sorry, I left work early because I had a panic attack. So a lot of you guys don't know, but I used to struggle a lot with her anxiety. And um, since I was delivered, a when I first started coming here to Winter's Church, I had done that battle by myself, in my room, um, in my Bible, in my prayer closet. And I had thought that I had made it to the other side, which I have. I do have the victory. Um, but lately, it's been happening a lot. And what I used to do before is no longer having the same effect that it did. So today when I left work, you know, I've, I've been battling this for three days um, or longer. Today I just couldn't take it anymore. I left work. Um, you know, there's a spirit of death that is involved with anxiety and panic. I don't know if a lot of you guys know that. So for me, uh, any little symptom that I have in my body, and I know it sounds, probably doesn't make sense to a lot of you guys, but it could be I'll have a pain in my leg and automatically I'll get the thought like, oh my God, it's a blood clot. You know, I just, it's extreme. And then I get, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm thinking, and, and a lot of you guys heard a couple Wednesdays ago when I said that I will pray out of fear and not out of victory. Um, so anyways, today I left um, and I'm in the car and I'm just crying because I'm like, Lord, I don't understand. I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand why things that used to be effective are no longer effective and why I'm continuing, continuing to face this battle that I feel like I should have victory over. And the Lord told me, um, brought back into my remembrance the study that he's taught me about unity, and he said, uh, Anna, you're not called to do this alone. And for me, that's very hard. Number one, I'm, I'm a Hispanic woman, so we're taught at a very young age 
you need to figure it out on your own. You need to be independent. You need to be strong. You need to, you know, I'm the oldest of four siblings, so I have to be that pillar for my brothers and sisters. So when the Lord told me that, it broke my spirit because I thought, Lord, why am I not capable enough to do this on my own? And he said, it's not that you're not capable. It's that you weren't called to do this by yourself. And so he had told me, and I want you to call on your church family, and I want you to tell them what you're going through, and I want you to have them pray and agree with you. And so I called pastor, and I'm crying because I, I feel defeated, even though the Holy Spirit is telling me that I feel defeated. I'm like, Lord, I come here. I intercede for them. What's going to go through their mind? This is what I'm thinking in my head. What's going to go through their mind? I'm interceding for them, and now I'm asking. I need help. And uh, I struggled with that. I'm just crying. And I finally was like, okay, I have to call pastor. So I called pastor today. And I'm like, hey, you know, I need, I really feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me that I need to do this. And this is very, very humbling for me because I don't do this. I don't show people my struggles. You know, I have a little close friends that know what I'm going through, but I've never publicly stood up and it's like, hey, guys, I'm struggling and I really need some help. And um, so I told pastor that I'm crying. I talked to a couple of other people, um, but I'm no longer asking now um, in a place of defeat based upon what pastors talked about today. I'm casting down those imaginations that I've had and I'm coming to you guys humbly and asking you to stand with me through what I'm going through. Well, praise God. Come on, Anna. Come stand right here. And we're not just going to pray today. That's not what she's asking for. It's just for prayer today. We're going to stand and we're going to agree with her from today forward. From today forward. Amen. And she's going to live in the fullness of the victory that was provided for her 2,000 years ago in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise God. And so, yes. When you were testifying, Anna, <laughs> this is so awesome. When you were testifying, I was asking the Lord for a word because I know how sucky this situation is. And it's just like what you said. It's the extreme worst all the time. And while you were testifying, I saw you in the spirit. And I saw you turn your back on the devil. And the Lord said, he's not going to mess with you that way anymore. Amen. You know, he... The Lord gave me that word before, too, and you know it's the truth. He has never messed with me that way anymore. Never. It's not that he hadn't tried, but I got the victory, and it's, it's never happened again. This isn't going to be forever. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So we could pray. Amen. Yes, yes. That is, I'm, I'm going to confirm that because that that's what I'm, you know, when people start talking, saying, Lord told me this, Lord start telling me stuff, you know. Uh, it stirs something up in you. But... Uh, um, I heard the same thing. I mean, I hear, I hear, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with what Tyler said, Amen. especially the part that, and this is what I feel like the Lord wants you to hear, is that this isn't permanent. This isn't permanent. And, and this isn't new. This is something that, because you feel like you stepped backwards, but you didn't step backwards. This has always been there, but the Lord said, you weren't strong enough to face this in another time. So his grace, 
blocked this from happening. But the Lord says, now that he's empowered you with his word and with his strength and with his might, the Lord says together, you and he are going to face this. And the Lord says, and you're not, you're not, the Lord says, you're not going to be defeated. The Lord says, you're coming out on top in Jesus name. God, God says this, God says, you have never come out on top when it comes to this, never. But God says, this is the part where you win. <laughs> and the Lord says, there, he says, there will come a time. And he says, and he says, and that moment is near when you shall put your foot on the, on the throat of the giant, the Lord says, that claimed it would always have a place in your life. The Lord says, but you will, he says, you will, you will put your foot in the, in the neck of that giant. And God says, and you will declare the Lord the same. He's, the Lord says the same victory he declared 2,000 years ago. And God says, not only would you declare it, but you'll live in it in Jesus' name. Stretch your hands toward her. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you, Lord, for Anna and for what you're doing in her. God, we come into agreement with her and with you. And we say in the name of Jesus, it's over. It's over. The battle is over in Jesus' name. The fight is over. And I declare she's not going to have to face this no more in the name of Jesus. Lord, this is her day of victory. This is her, this is her season of jubilee. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. And so, Lord, we thank you that the enemy is packing up all his symptoms and all his stuff. And he is uh, getting out in Jesus' name. Out of every area, out of every part, out of every nook, out of every cranny, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you for it, Lord. And God, we commit, we commit ourselves to you uh, to continue to pray and to agree, Lord, uh, with Anna, that she's going to go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. And God, she's going to go from greater victory to greater victory from this day forward in Jesus' name. And everybody that believed it said amen. Amen. Thank God. Amen. Thank the Lord. Well, praise God. Listen, I agree with you in the name of Jesus. Uh, I, I pray that as we talk about supernatural, uh, supernatural increase, that you will see the different areas of, of your life where these principles apply. Can you see other places where you can apply these principles besides just finance? You can apply it in every area of your life. Uh, you can defeat the enemy in every area of your life. The enemy has no right in any part of your life. And you can live free of the enemy's influence in any area of your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's what, that's, and that's what we're going to do. Father, thank you for all that you've said and done here today. Lord, let your hand rest mightily upon your people as we go. Lord, go with us and bring us back, God, uh, on uh, Sunday with expectation, Lord, believing, Lord, for a greater measure of a release of your spirit, a greater measure of manifestation. Lord, the full measure of your manifestation, the manifestation of your spirit, of the manifestation of your word in our lives, in Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Father. Uh, we, we love you, Lord, with all of our hearts. And Father, we just, we just praise you for being such a wonderful, loving God, for loving us, and for setting us free, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Man, listen, I love y'all. Uh, go in his presence. Before you leave here, love someone because you do. I sure appreciate you guys. And I'll see you. Uh, some of you will 
uh, be on the at the hospital, right? The hospital uh, this Friday.